Whatever the moon was to us before or is to us now, in the future, it'll just be home. Coming to you from the future through a hole in the space-time continuum that hasn't been patched yet due to a lack of infrastructure funding, it's time for Tales from the Moon in Stereo Sound Division. On the moon of the future, how are people going to entertain themselves? It may seem to us down here now on Earth that if you're up on the moon, hopping around, collecting a few rocks, and staring off into space would keep you occupied. But really, after a few minutes, wouldn't that get kind of boring? What will people get up to once they're living out in space full time? When you get back to the habitat at the end of a long day and take off your moon suit, what will there be to do? Will they have television? Sure. What about sports? Will they play baseball on the moon hundreds of years from now? What a silly question. Of course they will. But how will that work in low gravity with no air and all that? Well, let's tune into a future baseball game on the moon and find out. And for those joining us after the commercial break, I'm here with Dave out here in Beto Crater inside the new Beto Beer Dome for this game between the Port Armstrong Asteroids and the Beto Bay Brewers. For this night game, the cover of the dome has been retracted and through the glass, the stars and the earth, uh, Ert, are shining right above us. A mighty pretty sight. Good crowd here tonight. I gotta say this hometown crowd in Beto Bay always turns out. Even when their team is sure to get thoroughly stomped, as in this series with the Asteroids, where they're currently behind three games to zero. In tonight's outing, quite miraculously, they are still within striking distance. It's 2-0. Asteroids to Brewers at the bottom of the ninth, and the Brewers are up to bat. Bob, to be sure, the Beetle Bay crowd always turns out no matter how bad their team is doing, and no matter how bad the games are. It's been said in the league that the fans in Beetle Bay would show up just to watch a dog walk across the field. It's been that way since I was playing for the Muskbrook Meteors back in the day. The Brewers have always had a very loyal and active hometown crowd. And just a moment to say, gentlemen, if you want to stay active, take Night Rocket. Night Rocket. It'll put a rocket in your pocket and a smile on your face. One hit and you'll be chasing your lady around the bases for a guaranteed home run. Currently in tablet capsule and patch form. Slap on the patch and she's met her match. Night Rocket. And for you kids at home, if you have no idea what Dave was talking about, good for you. Just ask your folks at the next commercial break and they'll be happy to explain it to you. The asteroids are bringing out their relief pitcher, Hawkenback. Can't say he's had a sterling record this season, Dave. This may give the Brewers a chance to catch up, though it must be said, the Brewers never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Being absolutely the worst baseball team in the cosmos for as long as records have been kept. They haven't won a game, Dave, in how many years is it? 20? How is that even possible? They are pretty bad, Bob. I remember back in the day when we were going up against the Brewers, we'd take an opportunity to have a good night out on the town the night before the game. Since no matter how badly we played, we knew it wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference to the outcome. And yes, as bad a pitcher as Hockenbach is, and he is pretty awful, let's face it, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make short work of the Brewers' batting lineup. Being constituted as it is of the dregs and castoffs of the rest of the league, most nearly geriatric, who are many years past their prime. And this late in the game, you can see they are definitely feeling their age, Bob. 
They are all pretty well worn out, and you can practically hear their joints popping and bones creaking from up here in the box. And yes, I don't know that they have won a game in a very, very long time. I guess we should ask the Swatatron 3000, our statistics and rules robot, who has joined us in the box today. Swat, when is the last time the Brewers won a game? The Beta Bay Brewers have not won a game in 22 and a half years. This is mainly due to the ownership policy of the Beta Bay Brewing Company, which is only interested in selling beer. They have stated on numerous occasions that as long as people show up at the park and buy beer, they frankly don't care whether the team wins or not. Even 22 and a half years ago, their winning against the Clavius Town Craters was seen as a fluke, and afterwards the entire Clavius Crater Town team and all management were summarily fired. Given the policies of the brewer's ownership, yearly budget, relative age of the players, their many injuries, and general poor team morale, there is a 99.999% chance that they will never win another game unless there is a radical change in direction for the team by the owners. Would you like to know who will win this game and every other game this season? And who will win the series for this year and the next 10 years? This is well within my computational abilities. No, Swat, thank you. Okay. That's all right, then. Well, there you have it, folks. And it's the wiki at bat for the Brewers. You will notice that unlike for every other team in baseball, we do not show the statistics of the Brewers players beneath their names upon the screen. That is at the request of the Brewers management to save them and the players embarrassment. And Hockenbach winds up for the first pitch. He lets loose a fastball. And it's a nice high drive out to center field. Tell us, Swat, where is the ball going to land? It is a playable ball. It will impact the far dome wall in center field exactly 10.5 centimeters below the in-play line in exactly 68 seconds. Would you like to know whether Ballenanger in the outfield will catch it? No, Swat. Okay, no problem. And there's the asteroid center fielder, Ballenanger, running away out to the middle of center field towards the dome wall. He's nearly out of sight. And as he is, DeWiki is running out to first base with that long, loping, jerky kind of hop he has due to an old hip injury and the robotic hip that puts a bit of a jerk in his step. That unusual gait is why they call him Hopalong DeWiki. He certainly is slower than he was in years ago, Dave. You almost want to go out there and give him a cane, Bob. Now, it probably makes sense for us to explain a few things to any new Earthling listener. I understand a number of Earthlings have tuned in for the last inning in the hopes of hearing the Brewer's new Earthling player in his first time to bat. He was added late to the lineup. I would imagine any Earthlings tuning in would be a bit confused by the size of the ball field, the distances between the bases, and the length of each play. Did you know, Dave, that on Earth, due to the much higher gravity, the ball falls to the ground much more quickly than it does here on the moon, and consequently the ball fields on Earth are much, much smaller? For instance, did you know that the bases on Earth are only 90 feet apart? Less than a quarter of the distance we have here now on the moon. In fact, their entire ball fields are so small it isn't all that difficult for the crowd in the bleachers behind home plate to actually see all the players out in the outfield with their naked eyes. Now, of course, here on the moon, the ball travels so far before it lands, the ball fields have to be much, much larger as a consequence, and the bases much further apart. But not to worry, folks, that's why we have our drones all over the Beta Beer Dome to bring you all the action and excitement up close. Just noting that Dewicky is still running towards first base, Bob. He's almost halfway there. You'll notice his pace is flagging a bit more, and that hitch in his step is even more pronounced. And out in center field, Bollenanger is still running like blazes towards where this Watertron 3000 has told us the ball is going to hit the wall in another 30 seconds or so. 
we still got quite a bit of distance to come. The Swadotron 3000 has told us that on the current trajectory, the ball will hit the dome wall just below the in-play line, 35 feet up the wall. For our viewers on Earth, any ball that hits above that line would be considered a home run. Doesn't look like it'll make it though, and the ball will be in play. The Swadotron 3000 is never wrong, but we do have to wait for the actual impact. So folks, there's enough time to hop to the fridge and get yourself a Beedo beer. Beedo beer. It doesn't taste that bad, and it gets the job done. Now in the jumbo Jupiter-sized bottle with its own backpack and built-in straw for taking wherever you go. I thought they weren't selling those anymore, Dave. As I recall, there were a number of unfortunate incidents. Still under litigation, Bob, all the more reason to get them while they last. If you say so. And it looks like out in the outfield, Bolenanger is getting close enough to the ball now to... And yes, we see he's engaged his jetpack briefly to get a bit of extra speed to close in on the ball. For those Earthlings watching just to cut down a bit on the length of each play, outfielders are issued jetpacks to help them get to the ball before it touches the ground or the dome wall, but the ball may only be caught below the red in-play line, and their jetpacks will only fire for a total of three seconds each play, including any time they have to reserve for breaking. DeWiki is approaching first base, visibly tired now, but pressing on. And out in center field, Bollenanger is awfully close to the dome wall, and he's jumped up now, and he's fired his jets again. Once. Twice. Oh my, three times now. And his boost time is up, and oh my, yes, he's going up, up, up. He's going awfully fast, and he really is close to the dome wall. Oh my goodness, folks. The Wiggy has smacked right into the dome wall. 35 feet up in the air, and now he's slowly just... Sliding down to the ground again. How unfortunate. The medic drones are flying out there now to have a look. Always a hard lesson, Dave. When these young players don't reserve a bit of that jet power to slow themselves down near the wall or to break to prevent them from plummeting back to ground after a catch. It's that fighting can-do spirit that makes the greatest players, Bob. If it doesn't kill them first, Dave, DeWiki at first base is lying down on the ground now for a minute to catch his breath. He really looks winded. That is quite a long run, and he looks a bit out of shape. Maybe he's had a few too many Comet sausages. Comet sausages, the best sausages in the solar system made with only the finest hydrocarbons custom-engineered in the Comet family refinery according to old mother Comet's recipe. Comet sausages. They're like a miracle. In medium, jumbo-sized, and now available in the Galactic Cluster Pack for family gatherings and barbecue. And it's Pop Fluhagen at bat. Fluhagen, possibly the most hated player in the league. You can hear the crowd. And little wonder Bob, given his generally unpleasant disposition and his tendency to... And there's the pitch. It's a fastball again, and Fluhagen is going for it, and it's a pop fly. The first one of the inning, which means we'll all have to wait for it to come down again. Well, they don't call him Pop Fly Hagen for nothing. Again, for those joining us from Earth, nothing is as despised in lunar baseball as the Pop Fly, since the balls just go straight up and then take their own sweet time coming down again while we all just stand around and wait. Why, Bob, I remember back in my days with the Muskberg Meteors, there were old-timers who recalled Pop Flies that never came back down to the ground at all. A very interesting and entertaining story, Dave, and I'm one sure Sir Isaac Newton would find very instructive if it had even the remotest basis, in fact. And let's check again with the Swatatron 3000. Well, Swat, how long is the ball going to be up there in the great beyond? 
50.03 seconds. Everyone on the field is relaxing. The catcher, Baselworth, has pulled a book from his back pocket to catch up on some reading. We hear he's thinking of going back to school. Now, for some of those new viewers watching our game today from Earth, it probably makes sense to explain the moon's pop-fly mercy rule. Because of low G and the tendency of pop flies in lunar gravity to not come back down to Luna Firma for a very long time, it was decided early in the days of the moon that the first pop fly at any inning would be honored, tradition being tradition, and we would wait for its descent and its inevitable catch by the opposing team. During its ascent and descent, players out in the field can have a chat, take a short nap, do their taxes, whatever they please. Usually a good excuse for us here in the booth to take a commercial break. Any subsequent pop flies in the inning, however, will be treated as foul balls, which only makes sense. We don't have all day, and we really do want to discourage this sort of thing. Now we do see Flu Hagen is gamely heading out to first base, and a wiki who's gotten his second wind is on his feet and his jogging out to second base. I do hope he makes it. He bears watching since it looks like he could well have a heart attack at any moment. And while we're waiting for that pop fly to come down, it's a good time to talk about Marvin's colossal cosmic shopadrome. It's the place to get whatever you need as long as you're actually serious about buying something and haven't gone down there just to take up space on the store floor and waste Marvin's time. Marvin is not very tolerant of the casual shopper, Dave. That's a fact. Oh my, no. He badgered me once into buying an entire set of Rover tires, and I didn't even own a Rover at the time. He gave me a good price, though. I will say that. What did you do with them? I traded them to my cousin for a barbecue and a set of backyard furniture. He's still got the tires. It all worked out okay. How much longer have we got to wait, SWAT? 20.04 seconds. What are you up to this weekend, Dave? We're taking the grandkids down to Lava Tube Park to explore some of the caves. See if we can spot a Lava Tube Monster. Sounds fun, though of course Lava Tube Monsters do not exist, so that will probably be a fruitless venture. And it looks like we're getting ready for that pop fly to come down, though Baselworth, the catcher, has not yet put down his book. A crowd is getting excited and is shouting at him to get his attention. And the stadium pop fly countdown counter has begun. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Basilworth still looks quite absorbed in that book, Bob. Oh my goodness, I think he's... Well, that is certainly one for the record books, Dave. Now, folks, this is what happens when a player loses focus. Basilworth the catcher got so absorbed in what he was reading that he completely forgot about that pop fly and it just dropped at his feet. Back in my day, that never would have happened, Bob. Players had discipline. There will be tears before bedtime in the asteroids locker room tonight, I can tell you that. Though it would be worthwhile to know what Basilworth was reading, it must be a real page turn. My lord, yes. We'll want to note that for the folks at home. And we've got DeWiki on second, and Fluhagen has just reached first. This is getting to be rather interesting, Dave. Swat, what are the odds that the Brewers can actually pull this one out, get another man on base, or even a real miracle, a home run, and actually win this game? Point oh 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 three percent And next up to bat, Hargan Tholgat-Smith. 
Harry Smith for short, the new Earthling player from down below. My goodness, will you look at the size of him, Dave. With any normal team, a new player would have been put down on a farm team for a while, basically to learn the game and get adapted to how we do things here on the moon. But since the Brewers are so cheap, they don't even have a farm team, they just stuck him in the lineup. I suppose, Bob, the logic was, what harm could he possibly do? You are right there, Dave. And Smith is up at the plate. What's that he's doing, Dave? It looks like he's pointing up in the air. He's pointing up at the dome, Bob. Oh, I see. If you look where he's pointing up through the clear glass of the dome, he's pointing up at the earth. Uh, earth, rather. I think he's indicating that he's going to hit the ball all the way home. That reminds me of that famous occasion when the great Barnard Beetlegoose came to bat and pointed to the star that bears his name indicating that he was going to knock the ball all the way there. That is way back when they played games outside in full suits, and on that occasion he really tore the cover off the ball. They never found it. Some say it achieved escape velocity, Bob, and is still on its way to Beetlegoose at this very moment. A charming story, Dave. Utter poppycock, like so much of what you utter on a daily basis, of course, but very colorful nonetheless. Of course, now that games are played inside, it isn't terribly likely to be repeated, but a lovely tribute from Smith to his home planet, I think we all agree. Of course, if anyone could blast a ball all the way to planet Earth, it would be Smith. Just look at the size of him, Dave. Like much that comes from Earth, he certainly is not petite. And we can see the rankings here. Smith is the tallest and heaviest player in the league by far. We have indications from those who've watched his practice sessions that he has a bad tendency to swing at most anything, but that whenever he manages to connect to the ball, boy howdy Dave, get ready for liftoff. And it's the pitch. And that ball was low, practically on the ground, but Smith tried for it nonetheless. It's said of Smith that you could actually throw the ball back over your shoulder and he'd still swing at it. Apparently he's still getting used to things up here. And here's another wind up. And the pitch. And Smith is swinging and... It's a foul ball that's cleaning off a number of things. It's ended up in the asteroid's dugout where... It looks like it caught the asteroid's coach, Martin Blasterback, full in the belly. A good thing Coach Blasterback has a good deal of padding in his abdominal area. It looks like he's okay. And that is one strike, one foul. The foul counted as a strike. And it's the pitch. And that's a pop fly. My lord, look how fast it's going. Swat, can you give us a reading on the velocity of that ball? Too fast for me to calibrate correctly. And it's hit the top of the dome, Dave. Well, I don't recall that happening before. Actually, Bob, there was an occasion and when... And here's another pitch. And Smith is swinging. And that's another foul ball off the ref's head. Then it hit the back dome wall, and now it's sailing off towards the bleachers way out in left field. Looks like it'll make it, too. That'll make a nice item for some youngster to take home as a souvenir of today's game. And the medic drones are attending to the ref. He's being airlifted out. Nice appreciation from the crowd. These things happen. The backup ref is coming out. Everyone's getting themselves situated again. So it's still two strikes. This pitch could be make or break for Smith. And here's the wind-up. And it's coming in hot and fast. And my lord Dave, will you look at that ball go? It's up, up high and fast, up towards the dome above center field, up, up, and still up, and... Oh my goodness, Dave, it would appear it's gone clean through the dome! Absolutely amazing, folks. Uh... An event absolutely unprecedented in the annals of Lunar Sports Bob. Truly one for the record books. Dave, I think we should... 
And there is Smith bounding down the baseline to first, Bob. I think you'll agree. I see there are some repair drones flying out towards that hole in the dome to plug it up. Other drones are flying out to the players with oxygen masks. Nonetheless, you can hear the alarms. The air is quickly exiting the dome. Swat, how long would you calculate until the air in the dome is below breathing level? Roughly five minutes, point oh three seconds. Some in the crowd are getting up and leaving. Most, though, are just pulling out oxygen masks. You have to hand it to this Beta Bay crowd. They are steadfast. A drone just got out to Smith with equipment, and he's taken a moment to get his oxygen mask on. <sighs> and now he's going ahead and, uh, yes, he's running the rest of the way around the bases. <sighs> this will take some time. And drones have reached Dewicki and Fluhagen as well. And the other players. <sighs> and they have got their masks on now, too. The game must go on. And the drones have arrived with our masks as well. Dave and I will just take a minute. Well, quite a turn of events, Dave. Yes, Bob, but hardly unknown in the history of lunar sports. We had quite a lot of this sort of thing back in my day. Really? Oh, my, yes. Sticky domes, faulty air purifying systems, why I recall an entire dome full of players and spectators becoming unconscious during the seventh inning stretch back in Fort Armstrong on one occasion because of a bad carbon dioxide scrubber. Luckily the folks at home called in to complain that the game was even slower than usual and the authorities got everyone out of the dome with no fatalities. The game was tied, as I recall, so they had to pick up where they left off a week later. And you can see Smith and the others are running around the bases, purely for form's sake. It would appear this gives the Brewers three runs, Dave. An even greater miracle, folks, and you heard it here. The Beetle Bay Brewers, for the first time in over 20 years, have actually won a game. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Tales from the Moon. I want to give a big shout out to all our listeners in New York, California, Oregon, Nevada, Connecticut, Virginia, Vermont, and other locations around the U.S. and the world. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please consider going up to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and leaving some stars and a review. If you're interested in hearing more about future events on the moon and out in the solar system, and how the people of the moon and the Earth get along after a rather rough reacquaintance, tune into our next episode, which should be along in about two or three weeks. And if you feel enlightened by this podcast and think it might lead to the cultural betterment of others, please tell a friend. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To keep up with events on the moon, go to www.talesfromthemoon.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Moontail Podcast, on Instagram at Tales from the Moon, and on Facebook at Tales from the Moon Podcast. This is Eric T. Brandenburg signing off until next time. Tales from the Moon is produced, written, and performed by Eric T. Brandenburg thanks to Zapsplat.com and Epidemic Sound for the music and sound effects. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.